This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to uh, This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with the one and only amazing food critic of the year. At least according to a lot of critics around the world that you've probably never heard of. <laughs> And Christensen of Milwaukee. It was magazine. a random survey <laughs> of, I don't know, and, uh, whoever me, they are. And me, Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. It is a new year, 2019, the first uh, This Bites of the year. We've been doing this, what, three years, four years? I don't know. I, don't know, I think it was 10, 20. I don't know. It, you know it all becomes a blur. Yeah. So uh, on this episode of This Bites, uh, we're going to talk about food trends of 2019. We usually do this every year. What's what? We're reading some of what people think will be food trends, and we're predicting our own food trends. Plus, there's some uh, local restaurant news we'll get into. But first, I want to kick off with something uh, very inspirational that you brought to me, and um, seems really cool. Um, why don't you uh, kick it off with that? We've uh, talked a lot about pop-ups in the mm-hmm. past. Usually, these are pop-up restaurants that want to become like full-service you know, uh, restaurants that operate on a daily basis, right? That's usually the promise. This is a little bit different. This is a pop-up for a potential food truck that wants to start operating in the summer of 2019. That is called the Elevated Chef. That will be the name of the food truck. Um, This is an initiative that's started by an organization um, called Exploited No More, which, um, or exploit no more, rather. Um, it is uh, an, an organization that seeks to um, help uh, youth that are affected by, uh, or are at, at high risk of being trafficked. So youth that are either been victims of trafficking or at high risk of being trafficked in the future and kind of help show them that there is mm. dignity in work. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, cooking, there is so much that you get out of yeah. cooking. So Not just good food. Yeah, exactly. So so this uh, this this pop-up is going to be a way for them to test out the menu that they want to have at the food truck this summer. Uh, and the pop-up is January 27th. That is a Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. at Blue's Egg, uh, the restaurant located on 76th and Blue Mound. And my understanding is Joe Munch, who's one of the is the head chef. He's also part owner of Blue's Egg, um, and it seems to me that he is, um, if not a supporter, um, if not in, directly involved in this program, he's a huge supporter of mm-hmm. this program. And um, just to give you a little idea, I don't know exactly what the menu is going to be like for the pop up, except that they're going to have burgers made with grass fed beef, and supposedly some of the most amazing chicken tenders that you're ever going to taste. Wow. Uh, And they will also have 10 different sauces to choose from. So those are going to be some of the things they want to Mm -hmm. get people's, you know, input on before they debut, yeah, this food truck, which is going to be called um, The Elevated Chef. I love that name. I love that name a lot, The Elevated Chef. Um, So again, January 27th, this is a great cause. Um, I love to see more of things like this. I mean, um, it's kind of cool to see, like, you know, Jose Andreas, the chefs, getting, like, I, I, like, doing all these great things. I think we're going to get into food trends, but I think one of the food trends that New York Times brought up was chefs mm-hmm. being more involved in causes, yes. first responders, and yep. to see stuff like this. I think what better, what better profession to help others than, like, 
chefs and restaurants. Right. You know? And this, there, this is an area where there's so much need out there. Mm-hmm. So I think that the more of this, the better, mm-hmm. because you, um, you know, whether it's human trafficking mm-hmm. or Which is a huge poverty, issue in the Midwest, homelessness, in Milwaukee, I've, in Chicago. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. huge here. But so anyway, any way that we can like, you know, chip away at this, I think is incredibly positive and an incredible way to start off 2019. So this food truck would like employ people, young folks. I believe so. Unfortunately, part of something really bad. Uh, the Elevate Chef, the food truck is, is scheduled to launch sometime in 2019. Is that correct? That is their hope. The That's summer of 2019. Cool. And the pop at Blues Egg, January 20, 27th. 27th. <clears throat> and there is an event by Bright Page. I know that they it's by reservation, so okay. you need to make a reservation. Okay. And um, but you know we'll we'll yeah we'll put all link that information over at our yeah. website. Exactly. So we want to talk about that now because I know as I have a good feeling it will sell out really quickly. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. We're back on This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. I'm going to precursor what, what we're going to talk about. So we're going to have a little fun. We're going, to a little, we're going to let a little anger out, but people don't always take us seriously about some of the stuff we're about to say. It is our annual take on food trends, and we're going to talk about food trends that need to die like dig six feet underground put a gravestone on it and be done with it so we're gonna get kick it off with food trends that need to uh perish mm-hmm. and i know you have something up your that's angers up you sleeve. up your sleeve that angers you i have a lot how much time have i got you got a lot i okay. mean uh, we're, gonna t- we're also gonna talk about something like bone up teat releases some of theirs which i completely agree with and some of them are just really funny yeah so, but, so that, but for people like us, yeah. Shriek and I, who who look at this stuff all the time and we're out and dining, we see a lot of this stuff. So it is some of it really rings true. Uh, yeah, I have a few that that I that I find really really irritating, and um, you know, I'm not I'm not a pretentious person. I'm not a pretentious eater. I mm. don't I I don't really like a lot of pretentious jargon either. I don't yeah. like to use it when I'm writing. I don't like to use it when I'm talking. Um, but I know that, you know, just like a lot of things out there, we've gotten into this whole artisan. <laughs> Artisanal. You know, everything's artisan, right? And that's a term that, you know, I mean, I get that people want to use it and, and I kind of understand. I, mean, I kind of understand. It means you didn't make it in a factory. That's what Right. That okay. I guess. Right. <laughs> You're a maker. I suppose that's the other term for it. But um, one of the things we, we were talking about here was was coffee. You know, mm. I, I'm not, um, you know, I... I like coffee. I went through a huge phase of drinking yeah. cold brew. I really enjoy it. I also just enjoy, I mean, straight up French roast. Mm. That is that is what I like. I simple, like French simple. roast. Simple. Simple. And I can actually take dark roast. Tariq cannot because yeah. of, you know, tummy issues. Tummy but, issues, yeah. Right. But I don't, um, I, I just don't, and it's probably me that I, I don't appreciate it. These nuances of flavors, unusual flavors. Kind of like how they do wine. Yeah, I I mean, like the mushroom. You know, it's (laughs) or you know, I I don't want to I don't want to taste like I don't I don't want to taste a ribeye in the coffee. I don't (laughs) I don't necessarily want to have like this root vegetable. Mm. You know, hints of root vegetable and (laughs) and citrus and lavender. I mean, I I guess I don't want I don't care for that in my coffee. Mm. Um, I know it's a big movement 
for you know all these different you know yeah. different beans. You know they have a lot. They do. They and, they roast them. They and, have different flavors. And, and there are people away, that appreciate appreciate it, it, respect it, and we have friends that do it. And that's yeah. I mean again, as I said before, this is just our take on stuff. So. Right. And but what and, and that's fine. I mean, I I I think everybody to each his own. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's out there. But it, it, I found that it's getting more difficult to just go to a coffee house and get a French roast. That's what my problem is, because what I want is becoming, becoming harder to find. I know a place. Starbucks. You get, you get a great French roast. It's, 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 it's a grocery store. It begins with an F. <laughs> Blue can. Yeah. They do it really well. That's all they do. Do you buy, do you buy that F brand? Actually, I used to get the... Uh, Here's the thing that I know my friends who work at coffee shop are going to hate. I actually love instant coffee. Yeah, I'm a, I grew I'm up on draw instant coffee. A Senka, I, like I was a Senka kid. Senka? Oh, yeah. I just, I don't know the flavor, and I just, I could drink pints of that. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. I know. I will say, okay, there was, we always had folders in our house growing mm. up. But I loved, I mean, I didn't drink coffee as a kid, but the smell of it brewing. Yeah. And when you just pop the top off of it, oh my gosh, I that think stuff a, smelled incredible. I think maybe because I like it, it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah, I think else, it's a nostalgia you know? thing. But, but also, I like Sanka. Sanka, dude, come on. It's that little orange cop. So, thing. do they still make that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's a secret like, I, uh, this is my, one of my secret ingredients to chili and some other s- kind of roasty soups. I get packets of, I buy packets of instant coffee and I put it in my chili. What? Yeah. It, gets, it adds a nice richness and smokiness. So you mean like if you go to real chili, you like pull it out of your pocket? No, my it. chili. I know, my I'm chili kidding, I made. So while you're cooking it, yeah. you add. Oh, I add about so two add or three the... packs, little small packs. Ah, interesting. That's a little, little depthness and richness to it. I actually think that. That could work and, and really what, well. And what freeze dry is, is, it's a more intense flavor yeah. as well. Uh-huh. So, and it, and it goes great with the, the chili powder and all the stuff. And it just really blends, brings things together. And mm. people are like, ooh, I have that smoky flavor. What is that smoky flavor? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's so, my little secret, yeah. although we're talking about it here. So Let's uh, go to a next thing that uh, that still hasn't died. I mean, I got friends who are brewers and I respect beer and I like the interesting beers. I'm not. But... I still can't believe I like I go to a brewery place that had 30 taps and there might be one or two light lagers or lagers on tap. Everything else is IPAs, porters, stouts. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, I want to eat the taste of food and I want to drink my food. You know what I mean? And so like I'm just I would love I would love the return of making great, refreshing, crisp beers. Maybe with just mm-hmm. hints of flavor, nothing crazy. Just to compliment, and so I can eat my food and not be full. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like IPAs now. You know, I'm just sitting there like, dude, I can't, I can't even finish some of these IPAs because they're so bitter. And like, why would I like drink this stuff? And then mm-hmm. the porridge and stouts, I'm like, oh, I can't even finish my food, and it's just, and then it over it powers my food. But again, like, no, it's very rare that people are like trying to champion lagers again. You know, yeah, like the closest I mean, thing you get is amber ales and stuff yeah. like that. But lagers are like the best thing for just they're very food eat, food friendly. Probably food friendly. Beers. I don't drink beer often, but mm-hmm. if I go out for sushi, I always I want a beer like Sapporo. There are better ones than Sapporo, yeah. but uh, to me those are like great compliments. Yeah, there's they're crisp. 
They're if you get them really cold, and I like them really cold, they're not too filling. No, and they don't overpower the food. They do not compete at all with that. So I I think, man, you know, I'm right with you. Yeah, just like it's just it's still IPAs are still there. It's like I got my new IPA with grasshoppers and mushrooms, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Speaking of grasshoppers, you know, you know, I've been seeing more and more of this. People, you know, cooking. Yeah. The, that insect craze, yeah, that's although, a, that's a I don't know. I still hasn't caught on in Milwaukee yet. No. I, I mean, there's, there's a couple of places in Milwaukee that do it, but I still... I remember a, the old Sempizucci. They would have, they would they would serve um, some kind of in- insect during a certain holiday, mm-hmm. a certain... Um, cricket? It might have been crickets. I don't know. It wasn't ants. It wasn't oh. crickets. It could have been grasshopper. I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. I did not have it. I thought about it, but I didn't have it. Another thing I like about Bon Appetit's uh, things that need to die... Uh, my favorite one, which I've seen a lot in the last year in restaurants, what is with the small water glasses? They like Dixie Cup small water glasses. I think they don't really want to give you water. I'm like, it's, like a, it's a, it's I'm a sitting there like drinking. I'm like, and I have to wait 10 minutes to get the water filled up again. I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. I'm like, that's not cute. But you know what? It's there, not cute at all. You know, we've, there was this whole thing that came out where there's, there are restaurants that don't give you water at all. Like you have to ask for it. Yeah. They deserve a punch in the face. Well, okay. Like, um, that's, that's just, just, water is life-sustaining stuff, right? Yeah. You know, and even you're denying people water. What, what's, what are you, water world or something? What, what is this? It's <laughs> uh, not cute. Stop it. It's not Seriously. cute. Seriously. It's not cute. Tariq says, it is not cute. Those little glasses. Okay, I'll say they are cute when they're, when they're, when it's, they make their own wine. It's a little Italian place, a little wine let those tiny little jam jars, and they mm. serve their home- homemade wine in it. Yeah, that's fine. That is it. Wine, yeah, but not water, or mezcal, or whatever. That's fine, but yeah. don't, don't, don't. You know, I, that's another. Speaking of mezcal, I feel like I am. You know, I've probably heard about this for years that mezcal is really going to make inroads into, yeah. um, into bar menus, yeah, and I can, maybe this will be the year. My thing is, I'm writing a story right now. Rum. Oh yes, I rum, know about you and rum. Because again, rum has we gotten have gone there. has has not gotten respect it has has deserved. Yeah, uh, I mean, go people go to tiki lounges like Foundation have rum in their cocktails, but as far as just enjoying a good rum neat or just one ice cube, people don't do that. Yeah, right, because they don't know. But I think rum, it is year. It is the year of rum. I I. I believe you. I so. trust you on that. Okay, let's move over to, to plants, though, because we've talked a lot about the plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some great new restaurants in Milwaukee mm-hmm. that have been doing it, and I think it, it's only going to grow. That's that's mm-hmm. my feeling, and, and it, it seems that a lot of yeah. uh, predict, predictions are saying the same. I kind of uh, also feel like there'll be, there'll be a, a segment that's going to have a backlash. Oh, like, yeah. I think it's going to be like... I feel you're not, not Milwaukee. You're gonna have the year of the carnivore versus yeah. the year of the plant-based yeah. diet. I think it may not be Milwaukee, but I bet in New York it'd be there's meat-only restaurants popping up as a backlash. Sure, but it's not going to be like just any type of meat. They're going to have like you know, you know, farmer locally farm source meats. Oh, it's, sure, it's, it's going to be all grass fed. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like you know, like anything when you go overboard on a trend that people would go backlash. Yeah, you know that's just human nature. I think. Yeah. But, well, it, what I was going to say, though, I mean, you're seeing the plant, plant, you know, vegetables of all kinds working their way into snack foods. Yes. Now, we all know that we're supposed to not eat a lot of processed snack foods, no. right? It's not really that good for you. Mm-mm. But as, along with all these plant-based, you know, you've got more veggie burgers, you've got 
plant-based burgers that are manu- you know, made in test tubes. Mm. And oh, lab-grown. Nab- oh, it's, you know, it's not plant-based. They got lab-grown meat, which is actually meat. Lab-grown meat. But, but not killed. They take cells of an animal and grow it in meat. So they're doing that now. So it's not plant-based. It's still real meat. Okay. Well, that's interesting. But, you know, we've all... Okay, so but back to the plant-based thing. You know, I I feel like you walk down the snack food aisle of, let's say, in a Whole Foods, and you've got at least... You've got more options um, for veggie chips, chocolate-covered chickpeas, chickpeas you know... Beet, whatever, like all of these, like fried snack foods mm. or chocolate covered, you know, ve- you know, vegetables that are kind of disguised as a healthy I mean, snack look, or something. Well, they're not healthy. And, and, look at the and, no, I, I know that, but you you have more of that than you have the potato chips or the tortilla chips. Which and those frankly, are probably I'd healthier. Rather eat those. They're yes, probably healthier. <laughs> probably are. Um, so I feel like that has gone overboard. Um, and now I'm I'm hearing that you know although I thought root vegetables have been really big for a while more root vegetables mm. more root vegetables in 2019 more beets well seaweed is like coming beets. seaweed seaweed is going to go yeah. hard in 2019 they say I mean they, I got the was this the I forgot what this is they go seaweed is the new kale oh good grief um yeah I still think I mean people still diss collard greens I still feel like collard greens hadn't gotten there just due because I I'm, I know. Scientifically, collard greens actually has more nutrients than kale. Okay, so what do you think it is about that has held collards back? Is it the texture? No, I think is it's it a the... it's a cultural history of what collard. Oh, really? Like, I think it's actually I think it's a it's just anything. Kale is uh, collard greens is I don't know how to put it. It's it's it was always black people food for slaves, and it still hasn't been that. I mean, it's come over in the Whole Foods world, but kale is still dominant over collards for whatever reason. I, you know, I can give you multiple reasons, but I think kale is just, you know, it's huh. the hipster, hipster green, I think, and collards. But just like anything else, it's going to lose yeah. its allure and then something else is going to take its place. I mean, kale is still there. Collards. You know, kale is still, Yeah. you know, and I think collards is a, it's a better green than kale, but, you know, kale, again, as I said before, their NPR had a whole thing about Kale had a marketing board. The people behind kale farmers paid money for marketing. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what collard greens yeah. needs—a marketing. They board. They didn't have a marketing board. Maybe that's what it was. But I mean, I think there's other factors involved. Just because food is a not just a, but food has become very political, cultural, oh, racial. Oh, or have they ever? Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's right. Other, especially in this country, food mm-hmm. is not just something to eat, but it's, and it's it divides people. But as I said, seaweed. Yeah. Seaweed is the future. I, I will, I have to say, I did kind of jump on, in a small way, that bandwagon of using tahini in different ways, because I, no, I don't laugh, but I found this tahini recipe. And ch- tahini and jelly sandwiches? No, no, but I mean, it that could work, really. I Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just saying, if you can't, I, if you thought about it, it really, you know. Creative way it might work. Uh, no, I've found a brownie recipe where um, you uh, it has a tahini swirl in it, and actually those are really good. And then it had like a, a, a porter IPA. No, okay, there's no porter <laughs> IPA, and there's no grasshopper flavored coffee latte with with portobello mushrooms in it. No, I uh, so anyway, I liked that, but I do think there's become this. I feel like hummus 
has like gone on this. Okay, and I'm I'm going to say two mm. things that okay, there's there's a positive and there's a negative mm-hmm. there. And I and I'm right now I just before we went on air, I was enjoying your black eyed pea hummus. hummus. Courtesy of Michael Twitty, the writer. Right, which is fantastic and I think that's an I think black eyed peas could have its its come up in. So I really I mean, feel it's, like it's, it could It's it's coming up as a tradition now outside of the south for people you know on New Year's Day. Yeah. Now. But I think there's so many round, but for yeah, it, people that, year round though, unless you're, you know, part of the Southern culture or black culture, on time most people eat black eyed yeah. peas now is just near as day. And I think black eyed peas is it's it's an interesting bean. It has a nice earthy flavor and I think it could do a lot of interesting things like black eyed pea fluffles or something or black eyed peas. So so this recipe is black eyed peas. Does it have tahini in it? Yes, tahini. It has tahini and garlic yeah. and you put herbs in there. Yeah. Just similar and what hummus. else have, what else have you got in there? So there's a little chili powder, there's garlic, um, there's olive oil and tahini. Olive oil, yeah. Um, and some smoked paprika. Some lemon. Some a lemon bit juice. Of, yeah. it, it takes more lemon juice yeah, than chickpeas because black eyed peas absorbs a lot more yeah. than a chickpea does. But yeah, that's it's basically the same recipe. It's just I think it's it, the peas are a little more flavorful than chickpeas. Right. But what, where I was going with this is this idea of, um, <laughs> okay, so there are a lot of different, more, you know, more kinds of flavored hummuses. Yeah. You see them in the grocery store, right? So many of them. But I have not exactly tried these, but apparently there are places or restaurants, I guess, that have used hummus in a dessert or it's a sweetened hummus. Cinnamon sugar. I don't Chocolate, really caramel, drizzle. think that is the way to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Although I do think tahini is really interesting and it has a very, a lot of different applications. Yeah. If you're talking about hummus, I don't want to go that direction of a dessert no. with it. I just, I don't yeah. know. A little caramel drizzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Little, like marshmallow cherries on and top. And we could have for crunch a little some cacao sprinkles. nibs and some sprinkles, sure. Um, Hummus uh, ice cream. Yes. You know, I would not be surprised if I saw that. I mean, only because, you know, I mean, I don't know that I would have thought I would have seen garlic ice cream, but Purple Door ice cream had has a garlic ice cream. So, you know, I mean, I the it's... It, it's certainly it's certainly in the realm of possibility, as yeah. is just a plain tahini ice mm-hmm. cream. I feel like I could see that. Um, I think that uh, I really I really want to see where this whole bowl idea is going to go. Yes, I bowls all those. Bowls. Just all the bowls, yeah, all the bowls. I mean, I really like poke bowls. You know, I like them. I think poke is going to go away. I like, think poke I, is. I think yeah. This country has decided. Oversaturation and I they, think they killed I, I poke. Kinda wondered, I kind of I wonder about that. About it's and like, then all people remain are like like traditional people who've been doing poke before the right. trend. But you know the idea of bowls in general, though. I mean, we're talking about so many things here. If you talk mm. about a bowl, I mean, it could be a hot pot. It could mm. be it could be ramen. Yes, it yeah. could be pho. It could be it could be just your grain your basic grain bowl that you put rice together. Rice krispies. It could be a bowl of <laughs> rice krispies. Yeah. So um, I. Uh, it's it's just going to be interesting to see where these bowls go, whether if they kind of evolve into something else, if they go away entirely. Like, mm. I mean, poke, which I said, I, I still really enjoy it, but I don't know like, I, I want, I want where to see, that's going to go. I want to see places like um, um, Ono Kone Grind's poke, that style poke. Yes. actual traditional Bermuda yes, yes, onion. Yes, yes, yes. And that, I think there might be the return of bringing that, the real poke back. Yeah. Not really back, but introducing what poke really is. Agreed. Traditional poke. I think I think that could be a thing. Like, we do real poke. <laughs> not, oh, we have some tofu chunks. No, no, that's not poke. 
you know, you can put all the stuff you want in it. Traditionally, poke is tuna, maybe salmon, but mostly dime is tuna. Right. And it's, it's not chicken. No, it's, it's not chicken. It's, it's, not, not, it's, not, it's not, not shrimp. It's not, <laughs> right. it's not like, yeah. you know, seitan or anything. It's tuna and maybe salmon, but tuna, marinated, Bermuda onions. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Nothing. That's a beautiful thing, too. It's simple. But I don't know. It'd be nice if somebody decides, like, you know, let's just let's let's take a let's take a dish and just do it the way it was meant to do it. You know what? That to me is like if there was a trend. That's not even a trend. That is the way things should be. You know, I love that. Yeah. Right? Just why not do it's, something the way tradition meant to be? And, and, and this is not meant to diss all the people out there that do a ton of really interesting and cool yeah. things that are creative. Absolutely. But you know, let's hear it for this idea of just something as tradition made it. Yeah. Do it according to the just way right. it was. So I can know what created. that what it like tastes like, you know? Yeah. Because I've never had it before. I don't want to have something that's a a, a derivative of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen soup dumplings now, people putting like all kinds of stuff in soup dumplings. Let's put cheese in soup dumplings. Let's do beer cheese soup dumplings. Like let's not do a beer cheese soup dumpling. Yeah. I think you're seeing that definitely in, in tacos too. Yeah. I mean, don't you think, yeah. I mean, people, they, they just want, you want to put anything. Yeah. There's a place tortilla. in Atlanta. There's a, I think it's a, it's an Indian taco place. So they do like chicken tacos, and tacos, which it probably tastes really good. Right. But sometimes a simple marinated pork, onion, cilantro, little lime. It's, it's good. Right. Right. I don't, I don't need, I can have my chicken masala the way I like to have chicken masala. And, and that's nothing, you know, just enjoy the way it's meant to be once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? How about once in a while? Yeah, that, yeah so, I'm, 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 I, I love, love that. I that's, mean, yeah, I love creativity. I love trying different things, and, and I think it's great. But sometimes I want to have a chicken masala the way it's meant to be. Or I want to have a al pastor taco the way it's meant to be. You know. But going back to vegetables, though, I think we're going to see more people like Jeremy Fox, who, to me, was this game changer in creating really interesting and delicious, really palatable mm. um, plant-based d- dining, yeah. you know? Um, and I think there's going to be more chefs like that yeah. that are really breaking boundaries mm. with it so that we're it's not just like, okay, there's this plate of... Tofu. Sautéed vegetables or something mm. like that. Um, but I think as a planet, I mean, you know, we're seeing these stories mm. out all the time. What What is what is the most, um, the biggest impact mm. that you can make well, on also, the earth? Uh, In 2019, meat. Tariq would be to eat less meat. meat. But also said, they also say, science, you can't also go completely vegan the country world because you also affect the environment because you take up sure. more land right as right, well. right right and so, i'm not saying that yeah. i'm not saying I'm so not it's about it's that. all about a balance it's all about moderation and yeah. that's just common sense because you can't be all 100 vegan because then you're destroying rainforest you're destroying all this land to supply all these kind of vegetables and farms you're also destroying land and as well. i would say that i would i would be really i would be really surprised if there was um i mean and i come from milwaukee obviously mm. where there's a huge love of meat here yeah. i don't think that meat is ever, I think the desire for meat, I think we're carniv- carnivorous creatures we're in a lot of ways. We're omnivores by nature. We're omnivores, but I, absolutely. But I think people, there's such a love of meat that that's mm-hmm. going to be a, it would be a really difficult I one. Ju- I just feel like it, we just, we'll, as prepare, a culture, we'll just, we learn to, I think the idea of a big factory meats will go away. I do see there'd be many local farmers. I do see the potential of this whole lab grown meat 
picking up steam when it becomes more affordable. So I see a combination that I'm, I'm uncomfortable meat, with anything that's and you that's get local grown farm, in a lab. You get local farmers. Well, what do you think thing. about something that's grown in a lab, Tariq? I don't know. I'll have to try it. I mean, I'll try it. I mean, it's it's no different. It's just you didn't slaughter the animal. Basically, you just took some blood samples and cells and grew it in a lab. I nothing wrong with that. People do that with plants all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's how most people do different breeds of plants, right? They take a little thing, little bit of this plant, a little bit, grow in a lab, same concept, you know. I have no problem. But I feel that that's going to happen, that the whole factory farm of meat will go away. Hmm. You know, probably in 20 years, I'm guessing. So it would be like small little farmers, pig farmers or cows, you know, like they can go pick up meat once in a while, or you go to the grocery store and get some lab-grown meat. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, what are we having for dinner tonight, honey? Well, I'm really, really craving some lab-grown meat. Okay, I'm going to head over to the grocery store right now and pick up some lab-grown meat. <laughs> um, I, I just can't even, I, I don't know. I can't I just see it. I mean, wrap my arms around that. I just can't, Tariq. Yeah. I can't. So I think it's, it's a good thing. <clears throat> but um, some other trends, which uh, we talked about earlier, what's uh, the coolest one is- Mushroom uh, drinks? No, sorry. Uh, we, got, we touched on the mushroom New York drinks. Times mushroom talked lattes. about- Causes. Chefs will take up more yes. causes. Yes. Just because of Jose and Andreas is of what he's been doing in the last two years. Even Guy Fieri, who's like, you know, butt of a lot of people's jokes, he's been cooking and grilling food for the firefighters. Yeah. The fires. So I see more chefs just getting into more causes and doing as New York Times becoming part of the first responder teams, going to where people need help and food and, and preparing food for that. So and that's you know one what? trend I that... I would love to see become a permanent thing. Right. And you know what? People like Jose and, you know, Guy Fieri. I mean, they, that's to me, um, you know, I feel like that, that famous people have a responsibility to do good things. Mm. If they're that famous and they can actually get an audience and, and be like, okay, I can call the TV station. Mm. Yeah. I can get those people here in five minutes. Use that for good, mm -hmm. for good. Yeah. Use it for humanitarian causes. Mm -hmm. If you're a famous person, I feel like, you know, you have a bit of a responsibility then. Yeah, so people, good. I mean, I love Jose. Yeah. I think that's awesome. But that's what I think more people mm -hmm. that have that power should be doing. Yeah, especially you have the, the capabilities and accessibility, especially when it comes to food and people are hungry and they can't have. That's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. And you shouldn't do it because, like, hey, I get my brand out there. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jose Aziz didn't care about his brand. His, his, his restaurant probably reserved for four years in advance. Yeah. He didn't have to do that, right? So do it because you want to do it. Don't because, like, make sure your sign's out there and, like, that's just cheesy, you know, like, oh, it's an opportunity to get my restaurant out there. Like, no, no don't do it for publicity. Do it because you care. Yeah, no, you know? I, I mean, I hope that, that yeah. some are not doing it for yeah. that reason. But so, well, that's, you know, there's some of those really cool trends. One of the things I know you were talking about was mocktails. I think mocktails are going to get bigger and bigger. You're you, a big you fan think of so? No, yeah. I, I am because, um, you know, I mean, obviously right now there are people that are doing dry January, right? And mm -hmm. um, and then that's just like a, you know, I want to see if I can do it for a month sort of thing. So what happens to dry but January? Most people, like, I'm sorry, but like it counter like counteracts because I see a lot of people do dry January. And then the first February, they kind of waste that whole dry January and just drink a month of alcohol in a week. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I read a story that they must have tracked people that have done mm -hmm. this for years. And they found that a lot of them just drank less after this. Really? I mean, they, they went back to drinking, but they didn't drink as much. I haven't met or anybody like often. that here. 
Okay, that's maybe not. I mean, who knows who this random sampling of people yeah. from you know wherever they lived, L.A. I don't know, but um, yeah, I I do think that um, you know, collectively as a culture, we drink too much alcohol. I I believe that, and no, collectively, I, I think it's Wisconsin, but hey. <laughs> well, I think in, as Americans, though, we do. Yeah. I mean, they, I think they have that report well, where Wisconsin, like, top seven cities, top ten cities that drink the most, seven of them was in this state. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely <laughs> believe it. No, but I mean, I don't know. Europeans seem to have a much healthier relationship yeah. with with um, alcohol mm. than, than we do. Um, and there there seems to be, I mean, there's a lot of bad, you know, unhealthy behavior that's associated mm. with it, right? Yeah. If you go too far. But my thing is, you know, I think that if you choose not to have alcohol, you should still be able to have something that tastes yeah. really awesome and that has some really interesting flavors and nuances mm-hmm. and all of this. And why can't you have that yeah. in a, in a, a non-alcoholic cocktail? So yeah, that's great. Know. And like, I'm, I would love and to have I'm that. seeing more of them. I'm tasting more of mm-hmm. them. And I, I love that. So, they, I mean, I saw Amalena show this video of this company kickstarted doing a uh, artisanal <laughs> spirits, non-alcoholic spirits. Can you call it a spirit? I don't know. I guess it's like fake meat. I don't know. It showed the video, and it's so, I mean, it's like the stereotypical hips. Like, I thought it was an onion article, like, a, you know, the onion oh, video. Wow. But it's it's real, and they're like, we make artisanal, non-alcoholic spirits, and it's like ginger and blah, 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 and like this, and I'm like. You know what you it's should ginger do, juice, Tariq? dude. It's ginger juice. You're making ginger juice. Ginger juice, yeah. That's what you're doing. Yeah, I know. It's, it's ginger juice, <laughs> but it's not a spirit. But and we what, put our barrel aged. How now. about a non-alcoholic <laughs> malort? It tastes like there's no alcohol in it. That's how bad it tastes. It tastes like there's no alcohol in it. <laughs> I think the the flavor mass, whatever alcohol is in it. You think that, that Malort as it is? I, I don't know anybody gets drunk off Malort. Let's put it that way. I don't think you can. Like, it's possible to get drunk off of that stuff. <laughs> oh, that's, that's interesting. Because you have to drink a lot of it. And how many people want to drink a lot of it? Well, you do. You you've developed a taste for it. You're the only I person I know. I developed a taste it. for it, but I didn't, I didn't say I, I developed a taste for a lot of things, but I'm not going to like. Yeah. Eat it every day. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, no, I think that's abs- that's really amusing. Um I I don't even I don't even know what to, where to go with that. that this <laughs> idea of like, you know, non-alcoholic spirits. Yeah, I think artisanal too. You got to use that are, word. I think some are barrel aged too. Absurd word. Bar- um, barrel aged. Okay. Yeah, let's add Everything's that. Everything's barrel aged now. Yeah. Barrel aged hummus. Oh wait, let's also barrel aged yeah, cinnamon sugar hummus. There we go. There <laughs> we go. That sounds great. You know, we we would be remiss if we didn't mention CBD oil. And I did. I did take a photo on my phone. Mm. I went to and I'm. I, I went to a local grocery store, and I saw that in their bakery section, they had um, like individually wrapped CD CBD oil infused chocolate chip cookies. Now that's the first time I've actually seen like a like a bakery item that was that that had mm-hmm. CBD oil, and it was it was like five dollars for that cookie. Well, my thing is uh, like you cook, is it is it is it as, as just as effective as just I, I don't know. Is there a regular? culinary CBD oil though, like you know, a culinary? That's, I feel like you that's cook for it, culinary uses. Then the effectiveness goes away of anything uh, you cook. I, that's my it, thing. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I suppose you'd need somebody to study that and see if it actually does, but. Or CBD lattes. <sighs> I think that ruined the flavor know. of the coffee, personally. <laughs> Why well, can't you just have your CBD normal? You know, like just 
and then have a latte. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just it's sort of like, hey, vitamins. Let's put some vitamins in my latte. Here's your vitamin latte, ground up vitamins. Right. But I, I do think we're going to see more uses, um, more applications of CBD oil yeah. there's a place, in food. Uh, Sherry Tran sent me, uh, there's a CBD uh, soda, oh, gosh. artisanal soda. Wait, who makes <laughs> it? I can't remember. She sent me a picture of it. And then I was in, um, where was I? I think it was City. I was walking around. Was it L.A.? Yeah, it was L.A. Uh, on uh, Rodeo, not Rodeo Drive. Hollywood. You were on Rodeo no, Drive. Not Rodeo, it was uh, Hollywood Boulevard. No, it was, I forgot where it was. Um, but there was a CBD pizza place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do they do? Just like drizzle the oil on top of the pizza as it comes out of the oven? Woo. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, just, why can't you just, just have it? I guess oh I just, gosh. just have it the way it's supposed to be. And then eat your food. Like, why do you, like, right. You know, I think it's just a way to mark up food, personally, so I can supercharge my price of a latte. Oh, it's three dollars well, to seven is. bucks. Yes, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's greed. I think it's just greed. All right, that's enough of us ranting about food trends and stuff that we <laughs> think that uh, should go away. Let's talk about a couple more things, and then we can wrap up uh, the first show of the okay. new year. Okay. Uh, Moto returns. You, yeah, you're a fan of Mami Moto. Well, yeah, I really like the sushi at Mami Moto. Uh, if you recall, uh, and it's been four years since mm. Mami Moto closed, it was uh, a you know a staple on uh, Milwaukee Street for mm. years, and uh, it closed. And Carnivore, which is owned by the same company, moved into the old Umami Moto. Mm. So, uh, so anyway, so that and then you kind of thought, well, is is Umami Moto ever going to come back? And yeah. it did. They did a few pop ups. Um, they did a few pop ups, and but you, I didn't hear anything about it after that until now. It's been announced um, that it's going to be one of the tenants in the new shops of the Grand Avenue malls. Well, it's not going to be called that no. anymore. It's going to be called the Third Street Market, Market Hall. Hall. Um, so, and there's there's going to be about twenty. 20 vendors mm-hmm. or 20 tenants, I guess they're calling them. Yeah, that's they're a food trend. Food, oh, halls. Absolutely. food halls are a trend now. And not only just a food hall in the sense of being able to go and have all these different food options, mm-hmm. but also I'm hearing to have some element of um, whether it's gaming, something that, that um, gets you to stay and experiential. And ex- experiential, exactly. Because millennials are all about experiences, as I read in a study in adweek.com. Wow. You're they, obsessed with millennials. Millennials Street. don't like buying stuff. They want to buy. They want to celebrate experiences. Okay. I, just, I don't know. I just It's, it's stuck in my head because I've been reading that all year round. But anyway, I'm sorry. You know, speaking of experiences, this came up over the holidays when um, we had a number of family dinners. And um, some of the older, um, and I, <laughs> my old, some people in my family that are on the older spectrum, I guess, were, it was new to them that we have an axe throwing bar. And they couldn't believe that you could actually go into a bar and, um, and, and throw, drink a, and throw and an axe. Drink and throw an axe, exactly. And they were really questioning this. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I don't know what to say except, yes, there, there is one. Jim, it's about the experiences. It's, it's an experiential thing. Mm-hmm. we got to retain millennials so we do experiences. I'm sorry. I just, that, just, anyway, I just, that's all I hear all last year. It's like, that's what they want. And Generation Z, too, they care about experiences. Okay. But anyway. 
All right, Shriek, so you can jump off of that little, uh, you know, high horse you're on right now. I can't stand the millennials. No, he, no, it's not that Shriek doesn't like millennials. I, just, the funny thing is I, I probably act like more of a millennial than you, my you own really age. Do. I do. You really That's do. That's the funny you thing You get right mistaken there. for a millennial That's the ironic the thing of this whole rant of millennials. I realize I do, most of my stuff I do is like millennial-based, which is so sad. But anyway, finally... Well, no, I was just going to go back and say that Mamimoto is going to be one of the tenants at that food hall, which is slated to open in late 2019, uh, along with, uh, you know, there's going to be a chard there, milk can. Funky Fresh. Funky funky Fresh? Funky Fresh Spring Rolls, yeah. Yeah, Funky Fresh. I just, I love that Funky Fresh is going to have even more of a presence in Mm -hmm. the city. Um, Donut Monster. Which uh, I think, you know, that's that was a trend. I mean, we've seen that for years and years in other cities. We didn't get into the artisanal donut. Yeah, it never caught on Milwaukee. You had a couple places. But Chicago, it's crazy in Chicago. And Minneapolis is crazy in Minneapolis. But, like, Milwaukee hasn't really... I like, you know, poke, they jumped on like crazy. But donuts... Yeah, isn't really? that funny? I actually am surprised about yeah. that. Yeah, like, I expect to be like crazy donut, crazy You know, town. we jumped on cupcakes for a little too yeah. long. Yeah. But donuts are just only a couple of places really huh. kind of, you know, there's owls and there's that cool place uh, on the east side. I can't think of the name with the really Well, there's cool Holy t- Moly too. And yeah, then, and yeah, then there's that little place that's Kitty Corner from Whole yeah. Foods, right? Okay. And finally, Cafe Central. Cafe Central, which uh, has been closed, closed for kind of a reconcepting, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, they're going to, to reopen with an entirely new beverage experience that includes more than 70 beverages on tap, including beer, wine, cocktails, craft soda. They put wine on? Oh, yeah, I guess they do have wine yeah. on tap. Yeah. Uh, craft soda, which is probably a trend. Tea, coffee. We don't know what the coffee's infused with or what notes are yeah. in. I hope it's French roast. Yeah. And other non-alcoholic offerings. But they uh, they actually renovated this whole space. Now, um we probably talked about this in an earlier installment of This Bites, but um, Thomas Houck, who uh, was the owner of Circa 1880, yep. he is now the culinary director of Lowlands Group, which is a parent company for Cafe Central. I didn't so, know that. Yes, it is true. Oh. And so um, sort of I've seen some kind of systematic changes at some of the restaurants mm-hmm. where menu changes, which has not been surprising to me that, that he is having his hands on the menus at these restaurants. Um, and he's doing that here, too. And he's saying that he's pushing toward more go- global flavors. And he he mentions Middle Eastern, Asian, and Central American-inspired dishes. Uh, and um, But with a lot of the old favorites, I mm-hmm. guess, that people could expect um, from the old days of Central coming back. Um, you know, they are doing a lot with fries. I mean, you know, French fries are kind of a big thing at all those restaurants, Hollander. And I mean, it's very Amsterdam. It's very Amsterdam, right? You get the, the fries and the, if you're ever been uh-huh. to Amsterdam, you get, the, you know, the paper. And the Tavern at Turner, which is owned by um, Mike Idle, mm-hmm. who was one of the owners of, of Lowland's group. They're big into loaded fries at that, mm-hmm. that restaurant as well. So, but this is something that they're, that they, a few things that they mention here, something um, that's called, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce anything in Dutch. I don't even know how to say patati or Patage or uh, Is that, is that right? Okay. No, you got you to do it with confidence. That's how I learned. I, I, are you saying you, it you really? You can say it wrong. No, I you think it's not confidence. confidence. I think it's you just say it really fast so they cannot yeah, really you, understand no, what you're like, saying. No, it's just like, this is how you do it. It's patage or log. 
But is there a look? See? Okay. Uh, so wrong, but. I, I don't know, but it's, um, they were talking like loaded fries with mayonnaise, peanut sauce. I don't know about mayonnaise and peanut sauce together and diced raw onions. Um, another one that's called capsulon, capsulon, capsulon. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, is normally topped. It's again, a smothered fry thing where they top it with, uh, he calls it Levantine meat. I, I, have, I've heard of it with shawarma, um, melted Gouda cheese, dressed greens, sambal, and garlic sauce. I don't know. That actually sounds, what, kind of good? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting it, hungry. It sounds good, but it also sounds like I would have to have a. Like a, like a Prilosec or something? Yeah, or like before something. I eat something. Oh, yeah, stuff, totally. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, Craft Cafe Central reopens. You know, when I think you of craft sodas, and I really what craft sodas are, all craft sodas are is like they don't they use real sugar. That's the difference between craft soda and regular soda. It's just real sugar. Well, you know, thank goodness for that. And then they just up the price to like something ridiculous. Yeah, cost, I know. About the same amount as a, as a craft beer. <laughs> um, like, but going back to this whole idea, though, of of global, you know, and pulling in all these mm -hmm. different flavors from different countries, that is a food trend. Oh, yeah. So that's that was a I forgot about like New York Times brought up the. The new it cuisines they have, he goes, it's a toss-up. The market research firm, I'm reading this verbatim, Technomic, great name, uh, market <laughs> research firm, says popular dishes will come from the from Eastern Mediterranean nations like Lebanon, Syria, and Turkey. Baum and Whiteman, a consulting firm, that people get paid to do this, I can't believe this, based in New York, of course, where else would they be based in, is betting on food from the stands. Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. So these are consultants that get paid uh, anyway. The global buyers of Whole Foods Market, they're global buyers at Whole Foods Market. Mm -hmm. I, I need to have a word with some of these Whole Food buyers. Have money on flavors from the Pacific Rim. So mm -hmm. um, it's, I want that job. Like, how, like I, I, wanna, I want that job. They get paid probably six figures to say, yeah. This is this is it. This is this is hot. Pay me. <laughs> that's a great job, isn't it? But that's that's what they think for new cuisines. Well, that's exciting, Tariq. That is that's that it bodes so well for 2019, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, but that's it for uh, this bites. It's a extended edition, I guess you would say, on uh, kick off the 2019. Yeah, um, fun, exciting next 12 months. This Bites is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And let us know what your food trends are. Hit us up at thisbites at RadioMilwaukee.org. You could just make something up if you'd like. Too. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the non-alcoholic barrel-aged Malort cold. <laughs> I decided to change it. Yeah, Malort's back in Chicago this year, by the way, making Malort. Isn't that great year? We need to go do a tour. Yeah, we do. Let's do a tour. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go right I'll make, now. Make some, uh, get some, I'll drive. Get some pectin, make some Malort jam for you. Oh, no. And your tahini and Malort yeah, jam. Add some, yeah, please, please add some tahini. Happy Thank new, you. Happy New Year, Anne. Happy New Year.